What's going on, guys? It's Fancy Stock Exchange here, bringing you episode seven of our Saturday series, ADP Battles. Today, I'm joined by Steph from Double Moose Sports. Steph, hey, how hey. you doing today? Anything else you want to plug? Dude, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. I'm here with Danny Football, the man, ready to get into some hot takes here. We got, we got, this is really the true meaning of battles when you say ADP Battles, so I'm hyped. Oh, I'm definitely hyped, dude. What we got on the docket for day today for all of y'all, stay tuned, but... Before we do that, let's hit the intro. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Okay, first discussion we are going to be having is with two early round running backs, two top 15 overall picks according to the ADP. And uh, the first, uh, on the, I'll show on the screen, the first argument is going to be between Kenyon Drake, running back from the Arizona Cardinals, and Josh Jacobs, running back from the Oakland Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so Kenyon Drake is currently going off as the RB9 at the 112, while Josh Jacobs going off at the RB10 at the 202. So I'll, I'll start this one off. Uh, we actually have... Uh, Distant ver uh, verdicts here. He's going with Kenyon Drake. I'm going with Josh Jacobs, That's as right. I was about to mention. But uh, for me, again, these two uh, backs are really close on my rankings. I believe I have Jacobs at the 10, uh, Drake at the 11 right now. So, again, back-to-back, -back, can't go wrong. But I'll tell you why Josh Jacobs is my pick. So, uh, for starters, I mean, we all know how good he was as a rookie. I mean, 262 touches in his 13 games played. 20.1 touches per game, which if you projected for, for a full 16 ga uh, game pace, would have ranked, uh, sorry, would have ranked sick league wide as a rookie. So uh, for starters, I mean, we all know, uh, again, as Josh Jacobs, if he were to stay healthy last year, he would have been most likely the front runner for the 2020 uh, or 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year award. But uh, just breaking down the numbers, I mean, you, you watch him on film, you know. But just breaking down his actual numbers, he was 13th in true yards per carry, 11th in breakaway run rate, 8th in evaded tackles, 9th in yards uh, created, and my favorite, number one according to PFF as their most elusive runner that they have ever charted. Ever charted in the history of PFF. That is insane for a rookie running back. So for projecting forward to the 2020 season, I mean, we know what he did 2019, as I mentioned. Uh he is one of the brightest uh, overall landscapes on his offense, in my opinion. So uh, just going over, we know the, uh, the volume that he got last year, 20.1 touches per game. DeAndre Washington is now a Kansas City Chief. What does he vacate? He vacates 108 rushing attempts and 144 vacated, uh, vacated targets or vacated touches. Sorry, I'm a little off right now. Uh, not to mention, I mean, we all know, okay, well, what did they do in the draft? They added a running back, right? They added Lim Bowden. Lim Bowden is not a true between-the-tackles runner. We saw what he yeah. did at Kentucky. He is uh, a gadget guy, kind of like a Debo Samuel. He can get some in the receiving game. He can get some in the rushing game. He played a little quarterback in Kentucky, in fact. So he's an all-purpose weapon and not the true between-the-tackles rusher that can really tack into that 108-carry workload. So, I mean, if you're looking at it, that's most likely going to go to Jacobs. They don't have another rusher with Jalen Richard, Lim Bowden, like no other. Yeah, they did. I mean, uh, not, not to – 
you know, this isn't a ma- major kill to Josh Jacobs, but they did bring in Devontae Booker. Uh, to me, that's like like everyone's been waiting for Jacobs to to suddenly get all this passing work. I know it's been one season, so maybe that is something where he's a rookie. They're easing him into the offense, but like to me, there's no guarantee at all. And based on their draft moves and their signings, I really don't see any receiving work coming Jacobs' way. I mean, what do you have Jacobs projected for on the ground? Uh, well, for starters, I mean, we saw the 230, 241 total carries he got in the 13 game. So, I mean, realistically, yeah. if he plays the full 16, gets a little bit of that workload, he could flirt with that 280, 300 type carry workload. And it's funny yeah, that that's fair. it's funny that you mentioned the uh, receiving work because that was actually going to be my next point. This is straight from Mike Mayock's mouth at the draft combine this year. So, Mike Mayock said to reporters that they are ready to engage in phase two of Josh Jacobs' development. And when asked what that means, that means that they want him to improve both his pass sets and they want to get him more involved overall in the receiving game. So, I mean, Mayock himself has literally said that they, he wants his bell cow back to receive more, more receiving work. And that's from a guy that already had the 14th highest opportunity share in the entire NFL, only on 28 targets. If he gets that target range, even up to the 40, 50 type uh, area, and that's, that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty conservative considering the fact that yeah. they, he's literally said he want him to be the overall uh, bell cow. I mean, he has legitimate top five upside if he gets that workload, coupled with the fact that we even touched upon the uh, offensive line. Sixth-ranked rock, uh, run blocking unit, according to Football Outsiders. And in general, even if he doesn't get a huge uptick in receiving work, he's going to be one of the top five uh, running backs in terms of overall carries and rushing yards. So uh, for me here, I mean – the safety that you get with Josh Jacobs, coupled with the upside to me, uh, ultimately gives him the edge. Again, you're going to go over the upside that Drake has. I do believe that the upside is similar. It's just Jacobs kind of gives me a little bit of a floor. Uh, but again, they're back-to-back in my rankings. But I'm personally going with Josh Jacobs. And I know you're amped up, so take it away with your Kenyan Drake. <laughs> well, I'm looking up here right on the fly just to see how much, you know, what are kind of the other names from 2019 that were in kind of that same realm in terms of like 40 targets? So. I mean, names there are like Ronald Jones, James Conner. I'm, I'm kind of dogging here with some rough names. I mean, Devin Singletary, and, you know, we think of him as getting all this receiving volume. He was at 41 targets last year. So, you know, I think that that can certainly help. Um, could be a bump. I just To me, it just seems like coach speak. I'd rather see it a little bit before we go all in on, on, on Jacobs there. But um, And I love Jacobs. I love Jacobs, too. He's RB9 in my rankings, which is, you know, the consensus is RB11 for JJ. So I have him yeah. above the consensus as well. But I'm just really high on Kenyon Drake. Let me talk about him for a bit. Go for if, it. If we're looking at any sort of PPR here versus, you know, comparing the two players, Drake is, is the clear one for me. He's the RB6 in my rankings, current ADP at the RB8. So another one where I have him higher than the census, having for both of these names. But when you look at the situation, I don't think you can ask for a better fantasy situation for running back than what Kenyon Drake has. You know, no matter the game script, he's getting, you know, 16 plus touches last year had 18 plus touches a game because he's used as a runner and a receiver he averaged over 100 yards from scrimmage a game there so a super safe floor just from from the yardage um and with the cardinals drake averaged three and a half targets a game in predictable game scripts like against the 49ers which tough defensive matchup um and this was in his first game we had a matchup against the 49ers he was getting six receptions against the Buccaneers so these high-flying shootouts last year he was also getting you know six or more receptions a game on top of averaging 15 carries so you add in the receiving work the the groundwork and then you add in the goal line work eight touchdowns in eight games now 
four of those came against Cleveland, my Browns. Sad to say Oof. as a Browns fan here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been rough. I don't know uh, what I did in a past life to get punished for this, but regardless of you think the Cardinals are going to score a lot this year, those red zone carries are going to go to Drake. Uh, he, he's been you know, efficient on the ground his whole career. He's a 4.8 career yards per attempt. So whether he was in Miami or elsewhere, he has been efficient. And, you know, everybody loves to talk about this Cardinals offense. They're super fast paced. Last year they were fourth in pace of play. Uh, they run a lot of wide receiver sets in Cliff Kingsbury's air raid. Of course, we can't talk about the Cardinals without talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who's now in town. What, what that's going to do, and, and when I look at Drake's situation, and he showed it last year, and I think it will continue, is the Cardinals were near the bottom of the league in terms of, in terms of stacked box rate. So on 8.8% of Kenyon Drake's rushes, he was against a stacked box. So that, that was the fifth lowest last year. And number two in terms of stack box rate was David Johnson. So regardless of who this Cardinals running back is, uh, it looks like they're not going to be facing a very stacked box. Uh, maybe things can change. I'm not just going to copy and paste everything over from 2019. But that's at least a positive sign to me when they spread everybody out, bring Hopkins in. You got Christian Kirk going deep. That's going to spread it out. I mean, Drake, his, his average stat line last season, 80 rushing yards, one touchdown, 3.5 receptions, and 20 receiving yards. That's 19.9 fantasy points a game uh, in his tenure with the Cardinals so far. He's 26 years old. He's still in his prime. He was the RB4 last year during his stretch with the Cardinals. So add in how much everyone agrees that, that uh, you know, Kyler's going to be great this year. The way he throws the ball, that offense is going to be fun to watch, and they're going to be electric. So I want as many shares of Drake as I can in 2020 redraft. Yeah, I mean, again, you mentioned, like, the upside, if Drake is able to do it over a 16-game sample size, he is a tremendous player in one of the best situations. The thing that kind of gives me pause on him is that, again, we haven't seen it over a full season in his career. I mean, he always – the thing that scares me, again, like, I'm a little conservative with my rankings. If I haven't seen it before, I kind of, like, am am hesitant to kind of see it happen. But uh, for me, again, RB11, RB10 versus Jacobs, they're close. But the problem that I have is that – while the ceiling is so high, I mean, we've seen it over the past. We've seen it in Miami. We've seen it at the beginning of this year. Uh, he just hasn't done it over a long enough stretch to really give me uh, hope that he can do it over a 60-game sample size. Not to mention, I mean, he's missed games since past. We've touted Chase Edmonds as one of our favorite sleepers on the channel. So because, again, this situation is so good. No matter who's getting the carries, no matter who's getting the overall volume in this offense, they're going to produce. So, I mean, overall, again, uh, we mentioned with Drake, uh, although he – overall in that last eight, eight game sample size uh was fantastic don't get me wrong he did have a couple games where it's like okay well what the heck can i make out of this yeah. um, i mean those i mean week 15 week 16 nobody's gonna argue i mean six total touchdowns 300 total rushing yards uh like that's just insanity 46 carries over those two games that ultimately won you your championships nobody's gonna argue that the thing with me is that while the upside is that high Give me the floor of Jacobs over Drake that ultimately edges them out. But again, as you mentioned, if he hits, both these guys can realistically be top five running backs. I mean, it happens every year to the point where these fringe top 10 running backs that we all have end up just taking that next step. So overall, again, my thing is if you're going to take Drake, try to target Edmonds later on because again, we oh, haven't yeah. seen it over the, over the full season. And if you have both of them, you're guaranteed top 10, top 15 at the very minimum. Uh, production from that backfield. So uh, I really like Drake, but yeah, uh, give me the, uh, give me the Jacobs. Uh, yeah, and, and 
you know, this year, especially just with, you know, COVID, kind of the wacky season, you've got to take, I mean, I'm seeing some people take their high value handcuffs. I think Edmonds is one of those. I mean, 10th round, sometimes even as high as ninth round, if you get a name like Dalvin Cook, like you've got to secure Madison in the, in the ninth. That's the only way you're going to get them. Same thing with Kamara, Latavius, um, Tony Pollard. Like, you just got to grab them. So I'm, I'm with you on Edmonds. The, I mean, really the, the, the difference here for me is just the passing work. Like, I, I love Jacobs. I just see it more of like a – you know, he's like a Derrick Henry type of upside where it's like everything has to go right for him on the ground. He has to have 16 touchdowns to really get into that, you know, top five, top 10. Whereas with Kenyon Drake, it's like, you know, if he's only getting, you know, 12 to 15 carries on the ground, but also four receptions that some of those he's, he's taking to the house and, and breaking away, as we saw. Uh, just give me that. But, I mean, both of these players are great. I don't think you're going to be sad with either of them. Um, I am seeing Jacobs go a little bit later. So that's a guy that – you're like maybe you're on the turn, right? You can stack like a Miles Sanders and a Josh Jacobs, an Austin Eckler and a Josh Jacobs. Like you are feeling great. Uh, I mean, even maybe you can get the Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs stack if you're at your, right there at the turn of the back of the first round. So I mean, that that's that's one that I would love every day of the week. Give me that all day. For sure. I mean, we actually talked about in a recent Hot Commodities episode uh, two weeks ago. From now, uh, like while well, this is going to go up. But, man, we were talking about Bush brought up, like, the fact that a guy like Josh Jacobs and I, I brought up Austin Eckler, the fact that those two guys are not going in the, the, the first round is pretty ridiculous, especially because we're seeing some, some names. Like, for example, I've mentioned multiple, multiple times, Nick Chubb is a fantastic talent at the running back position, but no Absolutely. way in heck should he be taken over these guys. Like, it's, just, it's, it's, it's simple to me. Again, uh, yeah, segueing into the next two, we're not going to go off tangent, but segueing into the next two guys we're going to discuss, the graphics is, yeah, is going to be shown on the screen right now, is Mark Andrews versus uh, Zach Ertz. So going over that right now, Mark Andrews is currently going off as the tight end three at the 304, while Zach Ertz is currently going off as the tight end four at the 311. So I started off the uh, Jacobs versus Drake. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Because uh, actually, we have the both uh, both have the same uh, decision here. It's going to be yeah. Mark Andrews. So what are your thoughts on Mark Andrews here? Yeah. So I mean, I, I love Mark Andrews, and we'll we'll talk about Ertz after we both kind of go through our Andrews takes. But I mean, Andrews for me, I mean, he's my tight end three, just behind the the Kelsey Kittle, uh, and not much is I don't think is going to change there. Just the upside that Mark Andrews possesses is just on a totally different level, and and he really did have a breakout season I'm now seeing Andrews as a guy who's in that and he's close I mean if this year if that passing volume goes up in Baltimore he could be at that Kelsey and Kittle uh type of of uh situation at the end of the year he he fully solidified himself to me and really when we we, we look at this Ravens offense I mean any tight end or any receiver that's that's a part of that and is getting a large target share is going to be fantastic for fantasy so look Ravens highest scoring offense in the league led the league in points per drive, yards per drive. Lamar Jackson led the league in touchdown percentage at 9%, so they were very efficient through the air. Andrews led all tight ends with 10 touchdowns. For reference there, Kelsey and Kittle each had five. Uh, and he scored – this is crazy to me. Andrews scored a touchdown every 10 receptions. Uh, and he, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's uh, – I'm sorry, every, every 10 targets. Yeah. Uh, so even better there. And he got almost 100. So – on top of that, um, you know, look at the the comparison between Ertz and Andrews. Look at their average depth of target. Andrews' average depth of target is 10.6 yards to Ertz 8.6. And something that really just puts us over the top for me when we're comparing the two players is Andrews was third in air yards behind Ertz and Kelsey, 
And both of them had 40 more targets than Andrews did. So you add all of that in of like the higher value type of targets and come that are coming his way, more fantasy points every time he makes a reception. Think about it from a game script perspective as well. Last year, that was probably the worst situation that a tight end could have been in, in terms of, of, of like game script, right? The Ravens, they didn't need to pass. Uh, this is a great stat that Alex, my co-host over at Double Move Sports, we were having a debate on Mark Ingram and he pulled this up and I thought it was, was crazy. The Ravens only trailed for eight minutes and 44 seconds per game in 2019. That's, That's number one in the NFL by over three minutes per game. So <laughs> look, they weren't playing from behind. They weren't trying to air it out and catch up in these games. Andrews is super young too. He's only 23 years old. So like right now as a dynasty buy, you got to get your hands on Andrews. He's one of those that I see as a perennial, just top five tight end as long as he's, he's still in Baltimore. Um, so yeah, I love him. And then I'm sure you're going to get into this, but Hayden Hurst is gone too. And that's like 10% of the Ravens overall target share. For sure. I mean, uh, you mentioned with, uh, Mark Andrews from a dynasty perspective, I'm quickly going to touch up upon my own rankings. Believe it or not, obviously again, Kelsey is my number one in redraft, but because of the age, because the overall, uh, situation in general, the improvement that we can be had for Andrews to eventually even get up on that, uh, type of level. I have Andrews, my tight end too. Obviously, Kittle, the unanimous one in Dynasty. Nobody's going to compete with that. Yep. But uh, Andrews, actually, my tight end too. Kelsey, three in Dynasty. Because the, when I'm looking at this situation, obviously, Kelsey, he's going to get 150 targets, 98, 98 catches this year, 100 uh, plus catches probably for next year. I mean, I'm not going to argue Kelsey for the short term, especially in redraft. He is my number one in redraft. But comparing Andrews to Ertz. Uh, you mentioned that I'm going to bring up, bring up some stats, which I'm definitely going to. Again, the natural... Uh, view of the fantasy community is that when comparing these two tight ends again back to back in rankings uh mark Andrews will be the more efficient player with a higher touchdown upside than Ertz, while Ertz will seemingly have a large discrepancy in the overall target and reception standpoints so a, tar- a volume dependent type tight end however the discrepancy is actually uh may honestly be a lot less than a lot of people really assume so breaking down last year Ertz had 88 receptions and 135 targets to Andrews' 64 receptions on 98 targets However, the general momentum is actually going in Andrews' favor. So just breaking that straight yeah. down, I know you mentioned Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is vacating 39 targets and the third highest receiving total on the team at 349 yards at the tight end position. Who they replace uh, Hayden Hurst with? Nobody? Nobody. Nobody? Uh, who is it? Uh, uh, I forget his <laughs> name. I'm even blanking on the name. Is it Nick Boyle? Nick Boyle, yeah. Nick Boyle okay. was their third tight end. He's going to seemingly take a little notch in production, but that's just so much production available for a guy like Mark Andrews, who didn't even have a huge uh, snap share, a huge workload last season, yet was so efficient, especially not to mention, we haven't All even right. mentioned, Andrews was playing through injury at the like at so many points last season. Even if he just plays at 100% for the majority of the season, like, dude, you're, you're seeing 950 yards, 10, 10, 11, 12 type touchdown potential from this guy. So overall, again, we mentioned the Andrews situation. Now breaking down the situation in Philly. 135 targets at the tight end position. I mean, people all know the narrative in Philly last year. Okay, well, like, uh, it was the Ertz and Goddard. Let me stop you real quick. It, it's, like, it's like Ertz. Ertz was like literally at his highest upside ceiling that he could ever get at in terms of a volume perspective. All the wide receivers go down. Uh, the Eagles were actually still pretty good last year. They were fighting for that uh, NFC East title. And then, like, you look at Andrews, and he was in the worst situation from a game script. And, and something just – uh, I'll let you get into Ertz here, and I, I got some more to say on Ertz too. But when we're looking at Andrews, like one thing that was huge, if, if let's say the Ravens aren't as dominant as they were, 
look back at that game, that playoff game, where the Titans went up early. They're trying to eat the clock against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson had 59 pass attempts in that game. It's like, dude, their, their, their volume just as a whole is going to skyrocket if they're not, you know, the dominant force that they were <laughs> running all over everybody. Like, so you got to think about it from that way. It's like Andrews was at his floor in terms of, like, volume and his usage, whereas Ertz was at his peak. Exactly. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, again, although we all, let's be honest here, the majority of us think that the Ravens are going to be good next year. It's so hard to repeat as, again, you mentioned eight minutes per game that they were trailing all of last season. Like that's insane. A 14 and two record. Like realistically, they could still be the same team that they are, have a little bit of negative regression in close games and still be an 11 and five, 12 and four team. And that's going to have a huge impact on the overall game script. So again, you're mentioning that. Uh, and you're mentioning the overall situation was flawless in Philly. I mean, they're fighting at the end. Uh, they're throwing the ball. The only real targets that they were throwing to were uh, Sanders, Goddard, and uh, Ertz at the end of the season. So breaking that down in terms of the overall receiving core that we mentioned, they are returning to Sean Jackson, who we saw over the first three weeks of the season, absolutely dominate. Uh, He's nuts. And they add three receivers in the NFL draft, including a first-round investment in Jalen Rager from TCU, who I'm sure you uh, are also high on. I'm very high on him. He's a top-four receiver in the class for me. Uh, And they also trade for another speedster, Marquise Goodwin. So if you look at that, that's four, five receivers that they're just adding to their team. And in addition, they still have uh, Alshon Jeffrey. So overall, I mean, I do still think that Ertz is going to have the slight edge in volume because he's just – he's one of Carson Wentz's favorite targets – but the discrepancy is not even going to be close to what people are ultimately touting it. It's not even going to be close to the 37 that he actually garnered on Mark Andrews last season. So overall, if you're getting two guys that are going to produce similarly from a, a target volume standpoint, give me the guy who has 10 plus touchdown upside, one of the most efficient players in the league, who's ready to build off a great second year breakout in Mark Andrews. So overall, I mean, to me, Andrews is the clear answer. I know you wanted to touch upon a little bit with Ertz, but man, it's, it's yeah, a no brainer. I mean- Ertz, Ertz is like, to me, it reminds me of like those last couple of years with Gronk where he's just, he's starting to break down a little bit, pivotal piece of the team. He's going to be on the field, but I mean, Dallas Goddard is breathing down his neck right now. Uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, see Ertz uh, or see uh, Goddard as like, you know, two or three years from now, he's the one that you're taking, you know, in that tight end one, no question, maybe even in the top, you know, seven tight ends that we're drafting once Ertz is is, uh, retired or moves on, whatever happens with him. But just, I mean, you add in the injury risk too, right? Whereas even when Andrews last year was hurt, he was still great. He was still playing through it. So, man, I I, I love Andrews. I'm so in on this Baltimore offense. I think they are going to be great, but I just don't want to deal in absolutes and just carry everything over. Um, So, man, give me Andrews every day of the week over Ertz. And and Ertz has a pretty gross ADP to me right now. I don't want to burn – a third or fourth round draft spot on Zach Ertz when I can get Andrews in the fourth or fifth and have way more upside. I mean, we're talking before the show, you're looking at what percentage uh, of playoff fantasy teams have a dominant tight end filling in that spot. Do do you have that number in front of you? Uh, I can, I can show it on the screen as we're talking, but I know Bush actually mentioned like the biggest benefactor of the, uh, a fantasy season is hitting on those later on tight ends. So if I'm not getting yeah. a Kittle, uh, a Kelsey, 
or as we mentioned in Andrews uh, at the top of the draft, and maybe like you know a Darren Waller falls a little later than uh, he's going. Like I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking all the Johnus, I'm taking all the Blake Jarwins, I'm taking all the Mike Desickies, the Hayden Hurst. Like Hayden Hurst is a top six, seven tight end that people are, are currently taking at like the 12, 13 area. It's just insanity to me. But uh, speaking of uh, Ertz, because we mentioned how the situation changed when the receivers dropped. I actually just made sure uh, – uh, I'm going to put this up on the screen, but I made sure I got the numbers for you guys just so you kind of see how it happened over the season. So uh, I basically broke it down the first half of the season versus the second half of the season, right? So in the first seven games, Ertz garnered five receptions on 8.43 targets for 57.71 yards and uh, 0.1 touchdowns per game for an 11.63 PPR uh, points per game. Then all the receivers went down. The last eight games of the season, those numbers significantly jumped to 6.62 receptions per game, 9.38 targets, almost 10 targets per game at the tight end. Wow, position. I mean, that's like Michael Thomas level. Like, <laughs> and, and 64 receiving yards and 0. 0.62 uh, receiving touchdowns per game. So his overall PPR points per game jumped from 11.63 for seven weeks to 16.78 the last eight weeks that's of the nuts. season. That's nuts. I mean, anything too, like Jordan Howard went down. So you know, that was a big thing in like the red zone as well, where it's like now we got to rely on Ertz and Goddard in the red zone. Both were efficient. They were used a ton. If Sanders really is the back that we think he's going to be, I mean, take some more touchdowns away from, from Ertz there, at least those like short, you know, almost like safety valve check down options in the red zone uh, that Wentz is going to have. Not to mention, apparently everybody just seems to believe that the Eagles are going to add another running back. I mean, how is that going to work in Ertz's favor if they added a Devontae <laughs> Freeman, if they added a, a, a between-the-tackles grinder? I mean, it's going to happen where, like, what receiving uh, touchdown upside do you, are you really getting with Zach Ertz if that happened? Not to mention, I mean, I, I've mentioned multiple times, I do think they'll rely on Sanders as the bell cow, but seemingly everybody in the fantasy community doesn't believe so. So if that's the case, why are you still ranking Ertz? In I, your mean, I mean, if they, bring, if they bring Lamar Miller in, I'm not scared. If they bring Freeman in, maybe, maybe just be, just for the passing volume with like, yeah. so now we got to split that with like Sanders, Freeman, Boston and Scott. Boston Scott. That, that's a little concerning, but I mean, if it's like Lamar Miller, or anybody kind of in that type of tier, LaShawn McCoy comes yeah. back, something like that. Like I'm not scared at all for Sanders exactly and it, like it just boggles my mind how people in the industry just play into narratives all the time oh well he's gonna he's gonna get this uh this target volume because he always seems to like <laughs> you have to ex- take into a fact the stream the extreme outlier that was last season for the eagles i'm not even going to talk about it because it makes me sick to my stomach as a cowboys fan the like <laughs> just just for the record i know bootlegs probably watching this eagles fan but uh yeah uh, say bye to that div title because we're coming for you. But, uh, oh, baby. You know how it is. Yeah, anytime I get to clown on an eagle, even though I love Miles Sanders <laughs> in fantasy, I'll do it. But, yeah, any any closing thoughts you have? What, what, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I'm just so hyped for the season. I know you guys have been putting in a ton of work at Stock Exchange that. for this draft kit. I mean, guys, we're go check out our YouTube. Um, we're doing mock drafts essentially one a week, uh, and it's just double move sports. We're making a big push right now on the YouTube, putting a lot into the visual side, not just of being a podcast. So go check that out and subscribe if you like what we're doing here. I mean, really a double move. Our whole thing is is to find those hot takes, find those hidden gems. You know, we do a segment uh, last year, and we'll carry it in this year, called Deep Shots of the Week, where we're going just super deep names. Um, you know, I had I had one week where I was like, Darius Slayton's going to go off, and he posted. like that was He was like the wide receiver one that week. Uh, we had names like that. Russell Gage, Steven Sims, like 
the whole thing here, you talk about like the narratives everybody gets into. Our whole thing is like, let's shift through those narratives and try to find what's true and what's not. And are there any hidden gems in there? So again, guys, that's Double Move Sports. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and primarily YouTube. Uh, Danny, really appreciate you having us on the show. I'm, I'm so hyped, man. The season's almost here. It's, it's July now. Like we're a month away from drafts. Oh yeah, dude. Yo, uh, speaking of that, I mean, anytime, man, we're, we're definitely going to bring you on the channel a lot. We're going to work with you. Fucking pleasure. Pleasure to have you on today, for, especially, but man, NFL, NFL season is coming soon now. It's like, here. you know how it's exciting here. that is not to mention with NFL season coming soon. You mentioned the draft guide. Make sure y'all cop that pre-orders are open. By the time you're seeing this, it's going to be, I believe, uh, a, two weeks away from the draft guide dropping. So get that pre-order. You know, you'll see the packages. We'll get that provided for you. But yeah. Uh, and if you're watching it already, if you already made it this far, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the video, but make sure you go like, comment, subscribe. Tell us why we're idiots. Either way, why Zach Ertz <laughs> apparently the GOAT. Like, whatever you want to do. I know I know, bootlegs bootlegs on the computer right now just spamming that. You know, uh, he's having a good time. Uh, he's like, oh, no, the Eagles and Carson Wentz are goaded. Like, get in Come Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you having you on. And uh, this is the seventh installment of the ADP Battle Series. And uh, until next time, peace out. Peace out. See ya.